Shaken, everybody. You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by Thomas Brower, incredibly jet lagged, Heather Brower, glad to be home, and Caleb Anderton, the vengeful rage maniac. <laughs> Hey, welcome back, Caleb. Uh, some of you may have been expecting to hear Evan this month, but I've, I've been having a hard time getting a hold of him. Yeah, Caleb, any news on that? Man, he's just, uh, he's a little busy in the hospital at the moment. Mm. Uh, I'll probably be there for the rest of the month. Might be back next month, who knows? Uh, they were a little iffy on how long he might take to recover. He's just volunteering, right? Yeah, I thought- Volunteering I, some service hours? <laughs> he told me about maybe getting a new job, but I thought it was in learning management system stuff. Not like being an intern for a hospital. <laughs> oh, you guys are so. Yeah, it's 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 fine. We're good. Well, we'll see what happens with that later on. I'm sure I'll hear from him eventually. But in any case, we've got a wonderful brand new setting prepared for you this month that I am quite excited for. This suggestion comes from Tankin Frank on Instagram. And the suggestion is a gritty heist where all the characters are knockoff serial mascots. <laughs> yes! Shout out to Tank and Frank. Yeah, I am very, very excited to see where this goes. So to give us an idea of where we're going to start, we're going to do an ideation, uh, little monologues about our own lives that are going to inform our story moving forward. So I'll go ahead and give us a start. Now, this is where I'm going to come clean and admit that some of the campaigns we've done, I, I don't actually have that much of a frame of reference for the settings that we've done. So the very first campaign we did was based off of Jurassic Park and The Great British Baking Show. I have seen in my life one episode of The Great British Baking Show and zero Jurassic Park movies. <laughs> so this is something that is maybe a bit of a recurring theme throughout Improv Tabletop, actually. But this one, I feel like I have a leg up. Because you may remember, in one of our previous episodes, I plugged a podcast called The Empty Bowl, a meditative podcast about cereal. <laughs> so I am very up-to-date on the latest cereal news and updates and whatnot. So I feel like I can bring a bit of a professional's perspective to this story as we're moving into it. So cereal mascots, it's going to be lots of fun in that regard. And as far as heists go... Uh, we do have quite a bit of experience with heists on this podcast as well. We had a bit of a heist sort of situation in our last campaign with Halloween PD. We have the library heist, our first Avatar one-shot that I really, really am proud of. So I guess to kind of tie this all up, though, there's a serial that I am currently looking for. It is kind of my personal heist in life to find Apple Pie Toast Crunch. It was recently released into the world, and I've been trying to find it. I know there are other people out there in the world who are finding Apple Pie Toast Crunch, and the Toast Crunch lineup is probably my favorite of cereal. You've got your basic cinnamon toast crunch, you've got French toast crunch, you've got dulce de leche toast crunch, a recent variant that is really, really tasty, but I cannot for the life of me find apple pie toast crunch. So I might have to put on my mask and break into some grocery stores and see if I can hack into their order fulfillment system so that I can get myself some of this delicious cereal. 
And that's what I've got going on. Let's go to Thomas. Well, that's a lot. What is your experience with serial and or heists? Well, I wasn't lying in a previous campaign where my dad is a dentist and I am the son of a dentist. And I would say as a result, we did not get a lot of sugar growing up, you know, because it's not good for your growing body and you bounce off the wall or whatever propaganda gets fed to us these days. <laughs> so a birthday treat that we had in my house that had seven kids was that when it was your birthday, you got one whole box of cereal of your choosing all to yourself. Ooh. And normally my parents would, my, my parents were the parents who would only get like shredded wheat cereal, not even frosted shredded wheat. They'd get the grape nuts oh, and uh, oh with grape nuts in order to eat the grape nuts. I actually didn't mind them because I poured a literal half a cup of sugar into it every single morning. <laughs> so I would pour my milk in and then I'd just start shaking the sugar over it and I'd see it like sink into the, uh, milk and then I'd do it again and I'd see it sink into the milk and then when it stopped sinking into the milk that's when I knew I had enough sugar oh my goodness and I'm just remembering this uh, this is a live memory for all of you because uh, I totally forgot about this in my childhood up to this point so that's my experience with grape nuts and sugar but on your birthday you got your own box of cereal that you chose and nobody could touch it, nobody could do anything with it, and if they did touch it, they were in big trouble, and you got another box, um, unless you forced them to eat from the box, you know? Because then my mom, anyway, you couldn't game the system. <laughs> and I would always get Lucky Charms, and when I was done with it, there'd be like the quarter of the box left where it was just the oats, because all the marshmallows were eaten out of it. <laughs> um, that's my unhealthy history with cereal. Nice. Improv tabletop uncovering repressed childhood memories since 2021. <laughs> uh, Heather, what you got for us? Okay, so Thomas has probably heard this memory about a thousand times, but I have a brother who really likes to get a rise out of his siblings, even now. <laughs> and when we were younger, being one of nine children, my parents also tried to eat healthy and we were just heathens. So nothing ever lasted. We were kind of like Thomas where we didn't get sugar cereals often or chips, things like that. You know, our milk, we'd have the powdered milk and stuff like that. We also weren't like wealthy or anything. Um, so whenever we had good food, my brother would go to enormous lengths to make sure he got all of it. So we'd get like this yummy sugar cereal and pour ourselves a bowl. And he's like, I want that. We're like, no, you had a bowl, jerk. It's ours. You know, just like trying to eat it real fast. My brother would stick his entire hand into my cereal bowl, swish it around in the milk because he knew I wouldn't want to eat it after that. Oh. And that's how he would get my cereal every time. Oh, that's a low blow. I know. And to this day, it still makes me angry. I should have just eaten the cereal, but who knows where his hands were. Mm. With that brother, it's that's absolutely correct. <laughs> who knows where his hands were. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening to this. I love you even though okay so the other thing I had <laughs> improv tabletop bringing out repressed childhood memories that's right that one's not repressed I remember every time I see him <laughs> he still tries to eat my good food at family reunions um, the other thing is just heist 
When I think of highs, I think of how badly I've I've even been looking into lock picking sets, and I just really want to gain that skill. Yes. So bad, right? That's on my Christmas list this year. It's, oh my god. It's on like my hidden Christmas list in my mind. I think I mentioned <laughs> it to Thomas, and he thinks I'm joking about it, but I never have. Been. No, I know you're not joking about it. I just <laughs> always look at the. I go and I'm like, yeah, maybe this is the year, and I go, oh. That's a that's a huge price tag. Because um, <laughs> then you have to buy a bunch of different locks. To it's true. Along. You can't just buy one thing. It's like cereal. <laughs> you can't just buy one thing. Yeah, I have five cereal boxes on my counter right now, and I, I live by myself. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I just have to say while we're saying heist, uh, white collar. That's it. Boom. I just had to throw that in there. Matthew Bomer, if you're listening to us, we got you. <laughs> I will love you forever. I already do. <laughs> All right, and Caleb, what you got? All right, so a lot of talk about cereal here. Um, I'm also going to jump into that a little bit. (laughs) Do you guys remember the crazy honeycomb commercials from, like, the 90s where the dude would eat the honeycomb and then turn into, like, some wacky, terribly computer-animated, like, honeycomb monster dude? Yes, the monster's name was Crazy Craving. Crazy Craving. Okay, so I did not know that. (laughs) But I remember, like, we didn't buy honeycomb very often, but whenever we did, that was, like, my dad's cereal of choice. And as a little kid, I was, like, genuinely afraid that my dad, because of eating honeycomb, was going to turn into that crazy honeycomb monster dude. (laughs) No joke. Uh, So that's the first thing that came to mind. Second, Thomas mentioned Lucky Charms. And I absolutely hate Lucky Charms marshmallows. Mm -hmm. There is, like, nothing more than the texture of those things when you bite down on them that, like, makes my teeth hurt more. That's a bad feeling. So uh, that's the next thing. And um, the next thing that came to my mind is, man, I've really been uh, kind of getting into a heist movie mood lately. And this kind of is just fueling that. Uh, Haven't seen too many of like the big heist movies, you know, any of the Oceans movies or anything like that. So that's kind of on my, uh, those ones are on my list. But like, I don't know, I've been really into them lately. Like, uh, (laughs) I think it's because my wife and I just rewatched National Treasure recently. (laughs) And man, I'm watching the whole heist scene I'm like this is good stuff like why do people make fun of this movie oh, it's a map <laughs> anyway um and then we did we of course did the heist one shot for avatar and that was super fun and that's been on my mind a lot so yeah uh I quite enjoy a good heist and I've been in that mood lately so uh, if you have any heist movies to recommend to me please post them on our uh, Instagram account and uh, I will start making a list right on right on Ned, can I interject something real quick go for it I think this memory has to be put into this ideation because you just brought up Nick Cage and (laughs) I didn't know Ned very well, but he definitely rifled through my things and Thomas's things and Caleb's things and totally put pictures of Nick Cage. No, that was not me. Yes, it was. That was not me. Yes, it was. Who was it? I swear, I swear in front front of our entire listening audience right now, I was not the one who put those Nick Cage pictures into the pizza box. It was Ned. I remember finding those. Yeah, they were everywhere. I... Like, just a couple weeks ago, I went through something, and I was like, ah, Nick Cage. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ned, if it wasn't you, then who the heck was it? Uh, Heather still isn't convinced. It had to have been Ned. 
I remember Austin saying that he knew who it was, but he never told me. I remember him saying that too. These past six years, I've been so believing it was Ned. So <laughs> that's not going to change anytime soon. <laughs> you can believe what you want, but I will promise you from the depth of my heart as a friend of honor that it was not me. But, you know, you live your life. <laughs> So now that we've got our ideation all figured out, we're going to start putting this world together a little bit, and then we're going to figure out how our characters fit into this world. So my first thought is occasionally in the Empty Bowl, the hosts, Justin and Dan, will talk about how there are the four big cereal companies. You've got Post, Kellogg's, General Mills, and Quaker. And it can be difficult for new cereal companies to make it into that sphere when you've got these four big monopolizers all kind of vying for the top position. And there have been some companies like Larabar and Kind Bar and Cliff Bar have managed to make their own cereals and get them up onto shelves. But like these independent cereal companies have a really hard time making it onto store shelves because they just don't have as much money. So I'm thinking if we're knockoff cereal characters, I like the idea of like trying to dismantle the big four and take them down. Oh yeah. Yeah. I like it. Dig it. Okay. Are we all from the same company then? Mm, we can be. We can all be from different companies, whatever you guys want. Maybe we're all from different companies and this is how we got brought together because mm -hmm. we have to take down the big four for any one of us to survive. Yeah, getting together out of necessity. Okay, mm. with that in mind, let's start figuring out who our serial mascots are. Any of you who have a nice, strong idea to start out with? I do. Thomas, what you got? If you were to, like, have a camera zoom in on me, I'd probably be, like, on the corner of a street, sitting there with, like, a ratty blanket wrapped around me, you know, like, coughing into my hand as I, I like, uh, take a swig of, like, chocolate syrup um, <laughs> and just, like, start downing it. Just, just a really broken dude, you know? And as I stand up, I'm fairly short still like maybe three feet tall and uh i've got like half of my hair is like white and then half of it is like black but the dye is like going out you know like it it was dyed black so, like your roots are growing out yes that that's more like it like my roots are growing out exactly exactly and so i i pick up like my captain's hat of a ship and uh it is pretty typical it's just from side to side and uh, it's instead of blue, which is that darn captain stole my design. Mine is bright green. And uh, as, I, as I stand up and twirl my mustache and dust off my bright green captain's uniform, uh, my name's Captain Chew. Mm. <laughs> instead of Captain Crunch, I'm Captain Chew. Everybody's favorite cereal texture. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> And I just uh, spit some of the chocolate syrup out to the side. I go, and so he's just kind of a broken individual who uh, um, was overshadowed by the different texture by Captain Crunch. Gosh dang, Captain Crunch. And sort of dust myself off and I start walking down the street. All right. So if we were to coalesce that into a high concept aspect, what do you think that would be? High concept, ambitious, broken, and vengeful? <laughs> no, those are just three different things that would describe him. So, I mean, that is an elevator pitch for sure. I think we could potentially take that angle of like overshadowed by Captain Crunch. Yeah, because uh, I'm thinking vengeance. So like uh, easily overshadowed or something like that. Mm. That's good. I think that informs a lot about this character's motivation and the way he just looks at life. Mm-hmm. 
Now, what's something that gets Captain Chu in trouble on occasion? Um, his stubbornness. Uh, stubborn to the bone. Mm. He, he was so stubborn and so sure that Chu was the texture that people wanted in a cereal. That they wanted to work on it and really like marinate it in the mouth, but <laughs> that where does that where has that led him? Mm. So stubborn to the bone. That's an easy way to describe that. But maybe there's a uh, um, a cereal pun that we can add. To yeah, this. yeah. I'm trying to think of a cereal pun, something more so thematic. Here's, here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, one of the most common chew elements that you see in cereal is raisins, like raisin bran, for example. And so I'm wondering if maybe like Captain Chew's cereal is primarily prune based. <laughs> so instead of being stubborn to the bone, he's stubborn to the stone, the pit of the plums. Oh, nice, nice, yep. Stubborn to the stone. Cause you gotta get through the whole prune. You aren't, enjo you aren't enjoying the meal. How many chews does it take to get to the center of the prune? Man, I can definitely see this being the kind of cereal that parents would really want their kids to eat. And the parents are the ones buying the cereal, you know? Like, why wouldn't they buy it? It should have worked. The kids don't have any money to buy it. It should have worked. Gosh dang it. You know, it's a, it's a little twisted that you're saying parents want them to eat the pit because the pit is poisonous. Oh, no, just to <laughs> the pit. It's to the pit. There's cyanide in You're it. eating everything around it. It's not through the pit. It's to the pit. You don't eat it. We'll, we'll ignore the poisoning lawsuits that <laughs> caused Captain Chew's cereal to get taken off store shelves. Um, and we'll move on to uh, Captain Chew's additional aspect. So, Captain Chew, the aspects that you are going to get to choose from are I turn the milk black, when in the wrong, pretend you have amnesia, and only one more item on my bucket list. Oh, man. I've got to take the, I turn the milk black. Broom mm. juice. <laughs> Usually, to quote Dan and Justin from The Empty Bowl, don't forget to drink the milk, but I'm not sure I want to drink this milk. <laughs> the prunes will probably, like, counteract some of the stomach issues you'll have with the milk, and so it might be better for, you know, those of us who are lactose intolerant. Everything will get out of there mighty quick, so you won't suffer for very long at least. Well, you can get a second bowl in real quick. <laughs> yeah, moving on from that. Um, that brings us to our peak approach. Which approach do you think is the number one for Captain Chu? Forceful. Very forceful in my ideas. That's why they got greenlit. They didn't go anywhere, unfortunately, but <laughs> that's my peak approach. You were sitting there in the boardroom with all the audience researchers, just like, no, I tell you, prunes. That's what the kids are going to love. I love prunes, you guys. I love them so much. <laughs> Next up, we've got a stunt for Captain Chew. Do you have a cool ability or a piece of equipment in mind? Oh, gosh. Um... No, I don't. <laughs> this guy's just a broken man in my head. I gotta think about this. What if we do like your flask of chocolate syrup that you apparently have on you at all times? Yes, <laughs> that's it. My flask of chocolate syrup. That's it. That's my item. It's like courage in a bottle. Liquid luck. There you go. All right, so that's Captain Chu. It sure is. <laughs> also, I'm going to try a voice today, and I'm committing to the whole month, and it's probably not going to work, but I'm committing. <laughs> what a guy. Let's see. Heather, do you have a character in mind? I do. As Captain Chu walks off the corner, spits a little bit, the box right next to him on his corner, the flaps flip open, 
and out pops, it almost looks like a little beagle. <laughs> really fat and short, wears a little red sweater, one black ear, and he has a robber's mask that is just up on his forehead. He's not like wearing it or anything. And his name is Chip. Some people might actually remember him, but he had to move on for being too fat and cover an off-brand cereal instead because they told him weight was an issue and moms don't want to see a fat dog trying to sell a certain <laughs> brand of cereal. And they replaced him with a skinny wolf. Mm-hmm. So he had to go peddle a new cereal which was called Sugar the Grape Nuts. And parents wouldn't buy that either. Man, Grape Nuts couldn't just stay in its lane. It's a cereal for old people, not for young hip people. Yeah. But this new cereal, it's not Grape Nuts, it's Sugar the Grape Nuts. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's had a rough life, you know, because he had to be reformed to keep his former job from being a crook to something else. And then they just gave him the boot for his little pudgy tummy. I feel for him. Does your cereal come with like three pounds of sugar? <laughs> like in a separate <laughs> container? So you can just... In fact, it does, Thomas. So... It also comes with its own special sugar milk. <laughs> <laughs> The shelf-stable variety. It's the powder milk. (laughs) I love how this is not necessarily a knockoff character, but just a really washed-up character. (laughs) Should we name-drop the cereal that let go of him, or is that too sensitive for him? I think he wants everybody to know that Chris is the worst. (laughs) They will make you fat. I think that actually sounds like a good high concept aspect. Oh, that's great. Kooky Crisp is the worst. (laughs) I also love how all of our characters are just straight up hobos. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like wiping off the chocolate syrup that got on his head. (laughs) What's something that gets Chip in trouble? Well, he does have a kleptomania problem. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Being a robber and all that. In fact, he's tried to take that flask many times. (laughs) Mm. So he tried to get out of the robbery business. He made it clean. And now he's down in the dumps. And what does he know? Exactly. It's there. So he takes it. Mm -hmm. Now for your additional aspect for Chip, (laughs) here here are the ones that you're going to get to choose from. Just coming off a midlife crisis, (laughs) my chandelier broke from my swinging. And I'm nothing without my marbits. What are marbits? Those are the little marshmallows that you find in the Lucky Charms and whatnot. No. That that would be me. That's me in real life, though. When I was a kid, I always had this sort of unfounded hope that maybe if I let them soak in the milk long enough, they would be like actual marshmallows. And it turns out I was wrong. They never are. (laughs) They never are. They'll just give you the willies up and down your spine, and that's it. I actually think he's nothing without his marbits, because his lucky friend just kicked him out once. You know, they're not friends anymore either. Yeah. So he had to turn to something to, you know, keep his spirits up in the cold, dark night. He's sounding very depressed. Poor Chip. Yeah, all of these characters are just, oh man, I really feel for these guys. (laughs) And what do you think is going to be Chip's peak approach? Sneaky. Mm, He's got that good stealth for breaking and entering, leaving with the prize without being seen. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And that just leaves us with the stunt then. I think his stunt, he can still give those really big puppy dog eyes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That will melt anybody's heart. 
So in the event that he does get seen while he's sneaking around, he can still get a bit of charisma in there. Yes. Very nice. Okay, so that is Chip. And then our last character is Caleb. Do you got something in mind? I do. So uh, these guys are both pretty down on their luck. Out in the gutters, just down in the dumps. And along struts, the guy who's going to pull them out. The guy who has got the answers to their problems. And in struts, a giant Brahma chicken. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever seen a Brahma chicken. B-R-A-H-M-A. If you have not, just do yourself a favor and Google one of those bad boys. They're like chickens that are literally three feet tall. Uh, I am Googling them right now, and wow. Oh my gosh. They are humongous chickens that just grow that way. And they've got boots, too. Like, they've got a fringe down on their feet that look a lot like boots. So he's strutting in there with his boots, with his... uh, you know, flappity flap on the top of his head, flapping back and forth as he struts along. My name is Brockadoodle Doo. Ooh. And uh, not so much of an, uh, he's not been rejected just yet. A bit incompetent, maybe. Uh, his dad is a rich company owner, probably trying to make his own cereal company. And Brockadoodle Doo, Brock here, is just the mascot, mostly because his dad was too cheap to find anybody else. <laughs> cheap, that's a chicken joke for you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he comes strutting in here to his friends and he says, uh, Hey, oh, my dudes, how you guys doing? It's uh, real good to see you here. But I guess we got to finish building his character first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so with all of this in mind about Brock, what do you think his high concept aspect is going to be? His high concept aspect is he is a boy from the Gilded Roost used to money, used to a lot of it, used to being able to get what he wants by name dropping his dad and and all that. He's a boy from the Gilded Roost. Gilded Roost. I dig it. Now, what's something that gets Brock in trouble? Brock's a little ditzy, uh, like most roosters. Um, He will actively go after anything shiny. Mm. So we got kleptomania in one of our characters and we've got an obsession with shiny things in our other character. Nothing bad could go wrong. Exactly. And now for Brock's additional approach, our audience suggestion. These are the ones you'll get to choose from. I'd rather eat a spider than a corn-based cereal. (laughs) One for the money, two for the show, and none left for yourself. Or always looking for the boxed prize. Ooh, I do kind of like that one. I'm going to go with it. Always looking for the boxed prize. Right on. He's an ambitious young rooster. He is, that's right. Very nice. And what do you think is Brock's peak approach? He's definitely flashy, man. He's just going to be a flashy guy. I mean, when you are a rooster that big, like I'm, I'm looking at a picture of a young girl holding this chicken and with the feet dangling to the ground, it's not much shorter than this girl is. It's even more impressive when uh, you find like pictures of full grown men holding these chickens and you're like, that is scary. That's like a velociraptor. Getting in touch with a previous character there, eh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So the only thing we got left for Brock is his stunt. Uh, he's going to name drop his dad. Mm, nice. Brockadoodle Doo's dad is uh, the, you know, big hotshot CEO of uh, Bran Rocks Incorporated. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> his dad's name is going to be Brisket Filet. Wow. wow. <laughs> that is a powerful chicken name. What a name drop. A big name drop right there. Yeah. So these are our three characters, Captain Chew, Chip, and Brockadoodle Doo. 
So now that we've got our characters all figured out, we already have kind of a gathering happening of these characters. So let's just zoom in on what's happening here already and see how it plays out. We've got Captain Chu has just spit on Chip's head and Brock Doodle Doo is coming strutting on in. So let's turn the narrative over to our players. Hey, my dudes, how are you? You guys are looking good. Good to see you. Chip, you got a little something on your uh, your little doggy forehead right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get, yeah. let me get that off for you. So I lick my uh, my thumb feather and I wipe it off his forehead. Hey, and uh, Captain, how you doing, Captain Chew? You know my name? Of course I do, Chip. I tried for so long to get into Bran Rocks. And they didn't even see me. They kept looking over my head. But you know my name? Oh, man, I am so sorry that that happened, man. I mean, we're all pretty tall over there, you know? Like, (laughs) tall chickens. We're looking around. It's it's hard to look down sometimes. And, uh, you know, my dad, (laughs) brisket filet, he's, uh... He's a cool guy at all. I mean, he's my dad, and he gave me this job. But, like, uh, you know, he doesn't look out for the little guy, but I do. I like you guys. I'm going to help you guys out. I just uh, grab my hat, and i not really wearing it on my head. I'm just kind of, like, swatting some flies away from my face. Hey, thanks, Brock. I'm (laughs) grateful for you taking the time to, you know, stop on by. You know, it's, it's good to catch up with you every once in a while. Captain Nicholas Chu, I'm so glad I ran into you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure to see you again, Brock. What were you saying? You want to look out for the little guy? Want to make our lives better? Yeah, man. I mean, all right. Listen, I've I've been having some thoughts up here in this brain of mine, and uh, I'm thinking that with my dad being, you know, this up-and-coming Bran Rocks dude, <laughs> Bran Rocks, you know, we got to get our way into the big business and beat out the big four, and you guys, you know, you've just been pushed around your whole lives. It's not cool, man. Not cool at all, dude. So, you know what? I'm thinking, let's push back a little bit. Let's, like, do something big. Let's take matters into our own hands. And from the sewer grate that is on this corner of the street here, you hear a little voice call up and it says, Did somebody say push back against the big four? (laughs) And from the sewer grate, you see climbing out, there there are these two hands that appear on two of the slats of the grate. They've got kind of a wrinkly black surface, and you see the head begin to pull itself out. On top of the head is a little black bowler cap, and the head itself is just one peppercorn. And you see your friend Plucky the Peppercorn pull himself up out of the sewer grate. And he looks towards you all and says, I've been plotting to take down the big four for longer than you've been in people's minds. There seems to be ears everywhere we go. Everywhere, all over the streets. Hey, Peppy. Well, ears are everywhere because all of the companies are using corn instead of oats these days. It's terrible. And he spits down into the sewer. Yeah, that is terrible. And I spit some more chocolate syrup that I've been keeping in my cheek, uh, you know, just uh, to marinate the taste, you know? Oh, yeah. Plucky, I have not seen you in so long, man. How you doing? I've been in a sewer for the past few years, so I think you can imagine how I've been doing. 
man, that's rough, man. Yeah, and I've been on a street corner, and uh, good old Cookie Guy over here been following me around like a stray dog. Cookie Christmas, the worst. <laughs> Don't I agree? Well, you see, I haven't been able to do anything about the situation because I'm so small, but with individuals as large and powerful as yourselves, I think my plan might be able to work. <laughs> and he pulls aside the sewer grate and says, come join me in my secret lair. And he hops down into the sewer. I just realized we're all like three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a tall chicken, man. I'm a tall chicken. The puppy isn't. He's a little beagle. Well, you're taller than Plucky the peppercorn. He's a... Uh, <laughs> He's a peppercorn. <laughs> like like an actual tiny peppercorn? He's like cannonball-sized, right? Yeah, well, we'll say he's a cannonball-sized peppercorn. I was honestly picturing, like, compared to you guys, my guy's, like, you know, like human height. He's like a six-foot-tall okay, chicken cool. here. I'm glad you clarified, because I was imagining him, like, just the same height as all as me being a three-foot captain and this dog. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, if we're going in the sewer, afterwards, you guys are definitely coming back to my pad, and we're gonna give you guys a shower, man. I, I turn to Chip and I go, yeah, perhaps afterwards we could raid his pantry and, you know, steal a couple things on the way out. I'm right here, dude. <laughs> <sighs> At this point, Chip tries to get the flask again. <sighs> Not on purpose, but he just does. <laughs> roll to overcome with Sneaky. Okay. And then Captain Chu, roll to overcome with Clever to see if you notice. I got a three. I got a plus five. I'm immediately gonna use a fate point. <laughs> I'm gonna use two fate points on this. What? Oh, wow. He's not taking my flask. His flask is too important. There's too much history with it. And uh, stubborn to the stone for my first fate point that I use. I'm stubborn to the stone on this and I just keep holding it out and then I stare at Chip and I just literally say my third aspect. I turn the milk black to intimidate him to get a plus seven uh, on that. <laughs> and as you say, I turn the milk black, you hear Plucky's voice come up from below. And he's like, oh, that's a good point, Brock. You might not want to give him a bath because that'll do a number on your tub. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I'll just have my dad replace it after. Chip just kind of looks at the captain because he doesn't even realize he did it. And he goes, what's your flask doing in my hand? <laughs> it's all right, Chip. I know you couldn't control it. There's a lot of things we can't control in life, and I just know they happen to be one of it. Something I can control, though, is joining up with you, Chip, and you, Brock, and you little peppy. So let's get on Daddle out of here. <laughs> and I jump down the hole after Peppy. Chip just kind of looks over down into the grate and is just staring down there. You want to go first, little dude, or you want me to go first, man? Can you carry me? Oh, of course. Like a hand gathereth her chickens, man. And I just scoop him up in my wing and, and shelter him there. Take him on down. <laughs> he snuggles in. You leap down into the sewer. And as you get down here, it's like a completely different world. It's like if any of you have seen the old after school special cartoon All Stars Save the Day, I believe is the name. There's this point where they go down into the sewers and this kid meets the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and they tell him not to smoke weed. 
but the design of the sewer that they're in, all of the water moving past is like neon orange and green. And that's kind of the vibe that you're getting here down in this like cereal sewer. There's just, it's milk flowing down the center and you can see it's changing all different kinds of colors as it's moving along. And there all over the walls are taped up the fronts of cereal boxes with old mascots who have been tossed by the way. And there are the back of cereal boxes that are like half finished crossword puzzles and mazes and stuff. (laughs) And you're looking around, getting your bearings in this strange place. And you hear Plucky's voice from further down. He says, hey, everybody around this corner. And he waves his finger towards you guys and leads you down this pipe into an offshoot of the sewer. And when you enter into this chamber, it is a very large dome. And you see there's more of these boxes taped all over every surface of this dome. And there are bits of red yarn that are like connecting cereal box to cereal box. (laughs) This huge conspiracy theory like Pepe Silvia map that he's got down here in the sewers. And he says, you're all looking at my life's work. And with a bit of help, we can take this and make it real. And he looks at you with a manic glint in his eyes. And I think that is where we're going to pick up next week. Oh, oh man, <laughs> Captain was about to go up and go, oh, it's a map. It's a map. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, yeah, we have to end the episode right here, right now. Um, <laughs> is there a declaration on this map? Well, he's going to declare something, that's for sure. But we're going to have to see that next week because we're going to be back next week with more adventures here in the world of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a parent whose child is dutifully eating their prune-based cereal if you would go ahead and give us a positive review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us, you can comment on one of our posts using hashtag ImpTabSetting or hashtag ImpTabAspect. Let's do a round of plugs. So I'm excited to be joining with a couple of other serial mascot-based RPGs out there. Uh, So if you want to get some more serial one-shot tabletop goodness, I have two that I can recommend. First is Lords of Crunch, which is a special episode of The Adventure Zone that was run by Justin McElroy, one of the hosts of The Empty Bowl. And he and his brothers and his father go on a serial mascot-based adventure. The other is on Dorkley's YouTube channel, uh, their Table Pop series. They have a serial mascot one-shot featuring Brennan Lee Mulligan as Tony the Tiger, and he does a really phenomenal job at that. And, you know, while we're on the subject of Table Pop, Brennan also does a Great British Baking Show-themed one-shot on Dorkley's YouTube channel. So we've got that connection there as well. And I should probably come clean at this point and mention that Gladia Chittenden Chalmondley was basically a ripoff of one of Brennan's NPCs. But you know, they say that stealing is the sincerest form of flattery or something like that. Imitation. <laughs> Imitation, yeah. Um, Same thing. So Brennan, if you're listening, I hope you are flattered. And also you are one of my heroes. And without your inspiration, this podcast wouldn't exist. And I'd love to have you a guest on the show someday. Yeah. Shout out to Brennan. Shout out to Brennan Lee Mulligan, my <sighs> favorite celebrity DM. The saint. Mm-hmm. Now, Thomas, you got anything that you would like to plug? Well, 
There's a long list of Nick Cage movies that I could uh, plug here. <laughs> oh, boy. But I think we know them, so I'll leave that to your own devices. But as always, we have our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, where I'm the dungeon master and take a turn sitting in the DM seat. And it's an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. And Ned is a cast member there where he plays a cute little kobold. And so hop on over there and give us a listen and uh, hope to see you all there. Right on, right on. Heather, you got anything that you would like to plug? Yes. I would like to plug the giant of comedy. (laughs) If you've never heard of him, he is the power that you can call upon to be funnier without seeming like you're pushing it. And if you think that sounds like a great title for an improv troupe, you can't take it. It's already been taken. It's just on a hiatus. It's true. Yes. The So once upon a time in December of 2016 or 2017, 2016. Uh, we, the four of us, performed our first paid improv gig. And so we started our own little improv troupe, the Giants of Comedy. And this is the first time that all of us have been doing improv together since those olden days. Yeah. Woo! Man, getting the band back together. Oh, feels good. But yeah, if you want to steal that name, don't, because it is ours. (laughs) Caleb, is there anything that you would like to plug? Uh, I do have a brand new audiobook that just came out today (gasps) as the day of this recording. Yeah. Um, It is The Long Rifles by Wayne Grant. It is the sequel to the last audiobook I did, which was No King, No Country, also by Wayne Grant. Great set of historical fiction novels. Check those out. If you haven't already, you can get them on Audible through Amazon or Apple or whatever. Um, I would also just like to plug Vengeance. If you know anybody in your life who has caused you any sort of inconvenience, who has just placed the proverbial straw on the proverbial camel's back that has made you snap, just you only live once. Vengeance, you guys. Take some revenge. <laughs> as as all of our serial mascots here are going to show. <laughs> That's right. So, you know, thanks for joining us here in the world of the Bounced Breakfast Brigade. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Thomas. Why is it burned? Why is it burned? Heather, half asleep. And Caleb, brock-a-doodle-doo. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. There's a map on the Declaration of Independence. (laughs) So I have a big stack of those papers still that when I'm sharpening my knives, I need to test the edge of my knife for sharpness. Mm -hmm, On the paper. So I use those printouts of Nick Cage to test how sharp my knife is. I feel like he would be proud of you for doing that. That's something he would appreciate. That's a really sharp knife there, son.